At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58. Here is Stormy Bonatoni and Michael Lombardi on VSEN, the sports betting network. Super Week as we welcome you into this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. We are live from the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at Media Row alongside the three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi. Stormy Tony with you. So excited to dive into every possible angle of Super Bowl 58 throughout the course of the week here live in Las Vegas. So pumped, Michael, that you're on the desk in yeah, person all week. It's, it's going to be great. Good to be here with you. Yes, I wish we would have had better weather, but it's. I, I think it's me, Stormy. Every time I come to Vegas, the weather just goes in the tank. So anyway, but well, I'm it's glad good to I be have, here. I'm glad I have someone else to blame because with a name like Stormy, I feel like everybody's always coming That's for right. me for the weather related issues. You should issues. take the heat for this. No <laughs> question about it. Yeah. But I mean, look, we deal with it. You know, we got to play through, right? It is what it is. And, you know, we'll go on to the next one, but it's exciting. It's going to be, you know, no indoor facilities, right? Mm-hmm. So we know the weather in the Allegiant Stadium is going to be perfect. So the Raiders facility is where the Chiefs are. And, of course, UNLV is where the 49ers are. And, you know, they're going to have to make the best of it, have to go out there in a little bit of sloppy conditions and try to see if they do. I think the Niners really wanted to feel the track over at UNLV to be hard mm-hmm. and fast to allow their defensive front to really get going. I mean, that's going to be the key to the game. When you have a fast defense like San Francisco has, you want the track to be hard and fast because you don't want any slipping or all that. And I think last year in the Super Bowl, all that slipping really benefited the Chiefs because it took away the advantage that the Eagles had. Remember, the Eagles had 60 of their 70 sacks last year from their defensive line. Mm -hmm. And when they couldn't get the traction, you could see it. They slipped quite a bit. It's going to be interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah, there were the issues with the field conditions in last year's Super Bowl. And then even with the 49ers against Green Bay this year, we saw they didn't have whatever the right spikes were that they needed on their cleats to feel comfortable. And so for anybody who missed it, the the big news yesterday with regards to prep was around the, the practice field surface at UNLV out here where the 49ers are having to practice. They were complaining about seams on the practice field. They said it felt like they were 
were walking on a sponge to an extent, but last night at opening night that they hosted inside Allegiant Stadium, all of the players came out, the coaches, they did their open media availabilities, and Kyle Shanahan was asked about it. He said he's not worried that yeah. it's going to get better, and he anticipates it to get better each day, but uh, they were not happy, it seemed, the staffers no. yesterday. No, I think to me, you don't, you know, the players never want to wear the, the, the seven-inch the, the seven spikes or what they call them because it kind of keeps them locked into the ground, and they want to be able to play as fast as they can, and when you go to Green Bay, where last week in, you know, in San Francisco with the slipping, I think you have to be really careful with that. And there's a great scene in the Super Bowl where the Saints played the, the Colts and, you know, Mike Bell walks off the field after he slipped on an inside run for the Saints. And Sean Payton says to him, did you have the right spikes on? And the kid there says no, and he's like figured, mm. you know, because he's mad at him because he didn't have the right shoes on. And this is where it is. Last year, I don't know if it was a shoe problem as much as it was the field looked pretty. Sometimes when the field looks so pretty, it doesn't play as pretty. I think that's going to be interesting to see how it goes here. And so it's interesting, too, like the the field that UNLV uses is, is artificial turf. And the NFL came in and put like the real grass and sod on top of it. So it's a little bit of a different situation there. Meanwhile, as you said, Kansas City gets to play on the perfect indoor practice field that Kansas City has. And a lot of people I saw on social media were asking, why is San Francisco, who has the top seed, why are they not the home team? I don't understand. But every single year they rotate between the NFC and the AFC and who's going to be the home team. And that's why a couple years ago when the Rams were in the Super Bowl, even though they were playing at SoFi Stadium, yeah. they were the away team because it was the AFC's turn. Right. And to me, there's one thing I will say without a reasonable doubt. There's no way Al Davis would have let the Kansas City Chiefs into the Raider facility. There's just no way. <laughs> it does Nobody feel just is wrong. going to convince me of that. I mean, Mark Davis had to be, I don't know if, if the, he just signed that paper and did realize what he was signing but I don't uh, see how that could be in, in the case of it but we'll, we'll move on to it but the game look as we get closer to it I, I wrote about this today and we'll talk about it more in the show the strategy that's going to be involved is going to be the, the fascinating part, how this all plays out, because all the strategy has been done. All the work and the game prep has been handled before these teams mm -hmm. got to Las Vegas. Yep. All the prep and the planning took place last week. The first official practices will begin tomorrow. But how intensive are practices during Super Bowl week? Well, I, I think they're going to be fairly intense because I think, you know, the 49ers practice. Right. They're going to be crisp. I would say they're not going to be physical. They're going to be okay. moving crisp. And I think you want to get your players where they're ready, but they're not overworked. And I think that's going to be the key to it. And Andy Reid, they do both. Both teams will do a good job of being ready to go with their pad level. That's going to be the key. You know, when you watch the Chiefs, what they were able to do from the Kansas from the Buffalo game to the Baltimore game is they really improve their pad level. Like Chris Jones played tall in that, in that Buffalo game. His pad level in the Baltimore game was much improved. And I think that's going to be the key is you still have to work on your fundamentals and your techniques. And for the Niners, really, I think if you're Kyle Shanahan, you had to be really disgusted with the inability to tackle mm -hmm. in these games. And you know, you don't, you have to practice tackling now, not physically drag the guy to the ground, but you got to practice tackling, being in the right place, having your feet underneath you and not trying to arm tackle. That's going to be the key to the game because the Niners uncharacteristically of them this year have missed in those two playoff games have missed a lot of tackles. Trust me. I know all too well. I mean, I've, how many times have I told you that I've had to yell at the TV screen? <laughs> 
screen a number of times throughout this playoff run, but it's for things like that where you're like, how can this defense that we've talked so much about being so tough and doing all the little things right, you can't make a tackle. It's really frustrating. It, it is. Did you uh, did you catch any of opening night last night? No, I did not. So it was there were some elements of it that were pretty cool. Most notably for me as a 49ers fan, seeing how many times the Chiefs were getting booed in that building. The 49ers <laughs> fans were loud. Like Travis. They're, they're not like, I think people think because Levi Stadium seems to be so easy to go through, like they feel like they're the Chardonnay drinking crowd. They don't make any noise and they're really not. I mean, the 49 are faithful. Like if you, like when I was criticizing something about Trey Lance, I mean, you get attacked on mm. Twitter, uh, un, you know, completely. Like they're passionate about their team. I think it's a mischaracterization. That doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Well, and you can tell that the fan base really, really wants this, but it was when Travis Kelsey's on the mic, even when Andy Reid, who doesn't who doesn't love Andy Reid when he's on the microphone in front of the crowd, just getting booed like crazy. Purdy got his name chanted throughout <laughs> Allegiant Stadium. But it's interesting to tie it all back to a report from um, Jeff Darlington of ESPN. He had a one on one with Patrick Mahomes earlier in the day yesterday. And in that he asked him if he feels like he and the Chiefs are kind of becoming the villain. And Mahomes response was, I can definitely see it going on to say, as long as you keep winning, teams start to not like you. And I want to keep winning. So if that means some other teams and other fan bases aren't going to like me, I still will try to have a smile on my face and not be a bad example. But I can be the, the villain for them if they need me to be. And I think that's true. Like, he's not a bad guy. But when you keep on winning at the level that you are, yeah. people are going to start to hate you and get sick of it a little bit. I, I think he really likes the idea that he's the underdog. I think he really enjoys being the underdog. I think that's that's part of this whole change of who they are from the Christmas Day game. Yeah. Like, they really enjoy this. Oh, we're the underdog. Nobody expected us to be here. Well, of course we expected you to be here. You have Patrick Mahomes. You weren't very good during the regular season, but you mm. figured it out. So I, I think a lot of that is is the notion that, you know, we like that role. I think they really enjoy being the dog. Well, and you see, like, if you're a Bills fan, of course you're going to hate the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're a Ravens <laughs> fan now, you're not going to like. I mean, this this year's Baltimore Ravens team is top five offense, top five defense, and still Kansas City in a year when you think that they're vulnerable and they're not as good, and it's the worst statistical year of Patrick Mahomes' career, they still make it to the Super Bowl again. And you had every chance to win the game. Yep. Go back and watch it. You had every chance to win the game, even where you weren't playing well. Whereas the Niners had every chance to lose the two games that they played and they found a way to win. Mm -hmm. To me, that says something about your team. In Baltimore, I mean, this one's going to hurt Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens, for a long, long time. It's going to hurt John John Harbaugh. It's really going to hurt them because they had every opportunity to get here and it was the perfect time and place to get it. It was the. It should have been the year of Harbaugh, which I kind of thought it was going to be with Jim winning the national championship. But that guy there and the Kansas City defense made all the difference. From a betting standpoint, we talked a lot, you know, earlier this week and last week about the MVP market. And when we talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs being a little bit of a villain and him being the favorite in this market, do you think that there could be potentially? Any fatigue standpoint of because everybody's saying, okay, if the Chiefs win, it's got to be Mahomes. Look at the last one when they when that when someone else had three touchdowns, Mahomes still ends up getting getting MVP. Yeah. But could there be a little bit of a fatigue factor? Could there be an element of that we could buy into? No, I don't think so. I think the the thing is, if you're the Niners, you want to shift the way of the style of play because you've watched this team, Kansas City, play a certain style and struggle. 
You've seen him turn the ball over. Look, in the last time they played, Mahomes had two interceptions in that Super Bowl. Now, they scored 21 points in the second half, but in the fourth quarter alone. But I think what you want to try to do is force this team, which has developed their style of play over the over the over since Christmas Day, into playing perhaps a different game. I think that's going to be the key. And the only way you do that is start fast, play from mm-hmm. in front, and make this offensive line, which we know Kansas City has struggled with, right? We know Mahomes has been under pressure. Last last week against Baltimore, I mean, Clowney and Van Noy and everybody, they were getting pressure on him. He made a few plays, but that's going to be the key. This line for the Chiefs, Andy Reid has done a very good job of hiding it, masking it right. around what they can't do. When they started to try to throw the ball, that was when the problems happened. I mean, hold the football to throw it down the field. The betting line where things sit right now, we are standing pat at that 49ers minus two, despite all of the money that we have seen continue to come in on the Kansas City Chiefs, the total 47 and a half. Money line prices, if you're interested there, Kansas City plus 105, San Francisco minus 125. We'll get some thoughts as well from Chris Mad Dog Russo, who's yeah. going to join us at the end of the hour. We'll also have Frank Caliendo, comedian, actor, the best impressionist you can ever imagine. <laughs> He's going to join us in hour two. I wonder if he can do you. Uh, I, I'm sure he probably can do anybody. I mean, but his, I love his Madden and Summerall. It's just perfect. Yeah. I, I think it would be ideal if he, if somebody should have him in a booth during a game and let him just do Madden and Summerall. Kind of reminisce a little bit of walking down there. I always say to him, thanks, John, the way he says Summerall's voice. I mean, there's nothing better. He does a great shack. I love his John Gruden as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, I'm excited to have him on here and we'll get, again, their selections as well. But I think I might be most excited to live in person be able to see you in the Mad Dog, go oh, head to head yeah. and talk about these lines because oh. you come on our show all the time saying, where's he getting these numbers from? I never saw a three. I never saw a three. Yeah. He'll pull something out of his hat. I mean, there's the, you know, sure. and he'll be wired to go. I mean, you know, he's got a busy week. He's got his wife with him. He's got his daughter. Yeah. They're enjoying the Vegas thing here. Yeah, we're just getting started. Plenty more to come on the Lombardi line live from Media Row. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. VSEN's Super Bowl. 
Super Bowl betting guide is out now to help you bet on the big game. This year's guide features in-depth team breakdowns, Steve Mackinan's Super Bowl simulation with player projections, plus favorite prop bets, picks, and best bets from all our recent hosts and guests, including how legendary sports broadcaster Brent Musburger is betting Super Bowl 58. To get the guide and all that VEASAN has to offer, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. VEASAN.com slash pro. Michael and I have our official picks yeah. in there as well, which our si- my side might not surprise you. Michael's side might. Yeah, I mean, I've been back and forth on this thing so bad. I, I you know, I, I had to turn it in by Monday at five. I had a deadline, you know. I like I'm not ready to make my pick. No, yet. I wasn't. I don't know if I'd be ready at Saturday at one o'clock to make my picks, but I got to do something with Russo on Friday, so I'm gonna have to turn something in. But, you know, I mean, I can pivot it with him. He pivots with me all the time. <laughs> Again, he will join us, by the way, at the end of this hour, Chris, the Mad Dog Russo, Mad Dog Unleashed. Uh, one quick update regarding Super Bowl 58, real quickly as well. Chiefs offensive guard Joe Tooney. Yeah. who we know was not available in the AFC championship game dealing with a pec injury. He said that he's not sure if he'll be able to practice this week and it's been throwing him off a little bit. He said he's never quite been in this situation before. I would find it extremely hard to believe if he played. Look, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm saying but, we need that segment. I'm not a doctor, but, but when you have a torn, when you have a pec, not, you don't have a pec sprain, right? You either have a pec tear or you have a pec, you know, you just have like something else. It's, there's no sprain to your pec muscle. So, and if you can't punch and push, yeah, like you're you, up front, that's, you, you're not going to play. Nick Allegretti's going to have to lay in there. And typically I would say, wow, this is an important injury, right? This is going to really, but it didn't matter last week against Baltimore. You know, Allegretti played really well. And this, this time can Hargrave, can Armstead, mm-hmm. can Kinlaw, can any of these three defensive tackles that they have, can they rise their game to play for San Francisco? Normally you would say, well, this is significant. Remember, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat this team in a Super Bowl, it was strictly because the defensive front of Tampa dominated the game and the left tackle, Eric Fisher, had gotten hurt in the Buffalo game before, the one that went into overtime. And that game really caused them to that they had to move their offensive line around in that Super Bowl. And Buffalo won that game, and, and, and Tampa won that game because their front dominated. And that made Mahomes, even though he had great skill, better skill then than he has now mm-hmm. around him, it made him ineffective. Yeah, and I know you mentioned it earlier. Andy Reid has done a really good job of hiding that offensive line. And so maybe two weeks in a row without him, you start to feel it a little bit. I just hope, like you said, that the 49ers can find a way to take advantage of the situation. Um, Speaking of injuries. How are you holding up with this Joel Embiid news? Well, I mean, you know, for me, it's I expected it. You know, it's a little earlier than I uh, expected it. I thought for sure it would happen in, in the first round of the playoffs. I thought for sure we'd have a, a, a torn toe meniscus or something like that, you know, but it's here. Oh. And, you know, my question is the one I ask all the time is he's not in good shape now. Like, how is he going to be in good shape? But he's he's been hurt with his knee. Like, how is he actually going to stay in condition? And it's just the life, and it's the life of being a 76er fan. It's just, it is what it is. It's just kind of the plight that we've chosen. I'm, I'm very determined to not let my grandsons ever root for the team. They shouldn't have to go through this pain. Hey, well, it's still, <laughs> you're the one taking them to games. But it, uh, they are still. And buying them jerseys, too, exactly. by the way. You know, it's a, it's a, you know I, I, I need rehab. There's no question <laughs> I need rehab for this. There is still hope, though, apparently, that he might be able to make it back yeah. for the, the end of the 
the regular Look, season. Look, I haven't looked at the MRI or looked at the procedure, but there is no hope. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's <laughs> on the ground more than – I've scouted players for 40 years of my life. I've never seen a top player on the ground this much in all my life. Like, he's always on the ground. I always said well, the, the NBA has also become, like, the flop league of the world. But this isn't just flops, though, Stormy. This is like I'm on the ground. Like, it's like, like, if, like, I remember going to games. Like, I, when I wrote, when I wrote Football Done Right, I had the criteria for offensive linemen. Do their uniforms get dirty? And I'm, I'm seeing Andrew, Andrew Whitworth walking by here right now. His uniform never got dirty. He was on his feet all the time. You know, this guy's. If he played offensive line, his uniform would be filled with grass stains. Uh, let's get back to, yeah, let's go to the football. NFL. Let's, yeah, let's I don't. I don't. Now that you're all riled up. up, let's talk about something that um, was to no surprise of you, based on the way that we've talked about the Washington Commanders situation. But new head coach Dan Quinn had his official introductory press conference yesterday, and we learned a lot of things through the press conference. But the big one that is making the headlines is that Eric Bieniemy will no longer be with the franchise, which was. Assumed, I think, yeah, pretty I don't clearly. Know why anybody thought he was going to be right? Why did anybody think he was staying there? I, I you know, I mean, look, I, I think to me, I, I, when you break down what they did, they fired Scott Turner, they hired B Enemy. That was rev, that was supposed to be the great hire, and they threw the ball every single play, and they destroyed the, the quarterbacks. Got like he got the crap beat out of them with a bad offensive line. They got worse on offense. I wonder where Rivera was to say, "Hey, Eric, maybe we should run the ball a little bit more here to protect mm-hmm. our defense." But they didn't. So once they made the change, they did interview Bieniemy for the head coaching job. I know he interviewed out here in Las Vegas for the offensive coordinator job. He didn't get that. Will he return to Kansas City? I don't see that as an option. I don't see that as an option. What an so all-time all bad career move this has turned out to be. Like, he could be he, here this week. I don't think he was here. I think, to me, that's a little bit of a misconception. Really? I know some people put that out there, but I think it was time for him to go. I think it was time for him to go. And, okay. and nobody will say that's true, but it was time for him to go. Because he took a job that, in fairness to Eric, it, you know, he had to move Juan Castile. They fired the offensive line coach. They moved Castile to the offensive line. He really didn't have anybody else around him that had done that. So for me, I think, yeah, it was one of those situations where, you know, he walked into a tough spot with a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. but he could have helped them out a little bit with perhaps calling some runs and trying to work their way through the offense a little bit more. But, you know, now, like all of us, look, we all have these downturns in our career, and now he has an opportunity to get it back on the forward. Sure. And now with that, for Washington, they did hire um, Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. And it was interesting listening to Dan Quinn break down the decision-making process and how it actually felt pretty similar as to when he was hiring Kyle Shanahan. Take a listen. In the same way of why I wanted to hire Kyle years ago, like he was hard to go against. He would stretch the field horizontally and vertically and going against Cliff, those same feelings you had. This is going to be tough matchups, formation, speed, shots down the field, aggressiveness, boldness to go. And so as a coach, you were writing down some names. If this is something in your future that said, if I get that shot, this is somebody I would want to talk to. So whereas, you know, we talked about it yesterday, everybody's trying to draw the line immediately to Cliff Kingsbury and drafting Caleb Williams. And you said it's maybe a little bit too early for that conversation. You can, however, draw the connection of what drew some of the appeal outside of Caleb. Well, I mean, look, one thing about Cliff, you can say he's not a great head coach. 
and even at Texas Tech, his defenses weren't very good. But he's not the def- he's not a head coach here. He's the offensive coordinator, and he can coach the quarterback. He can get the quarterback to play at a higher level. I mean, we saw it with Kyler Murray, and you know he's changed his offense. He's not in four receivers all the time. They've been utilizing a tight end. So this is a good move for an offense of Washington that they're going to need to get someone who can coach the quarterback and help that. And I agree with Quinn. I mean, Quinn struggled. One of the things he struggled mightily with is finding a guy that could complement his defense. And that was a hard part for him when he was in Atlanta. And when he lost Kyle, he lost a lot. And getting Kyle from Cleveland, Cleveland was good with Kyle. And then Cleveland left and Mike Pettin lost his job when he couldn't replace Kyle. And Kyle, by the way, um, was asked yesterday at opening night, too, about Dan Quinn getting the opportunity. And he said, boy, him and AP Peters at GM said that's about as good as it gets. So, um, you know, he said he learned a lot from his time under Dan. And obviously they had a lot of success together, which seven years ago from yesterday was uh, the old 28 to three. Never forget. Hashtag yeah. never forget. And I, th- I thought Quinn was really good in his press conference. I listened to it. And he talked about all the things he learned and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what he said, if I, you know, he wrote the, if I ever get a chance again, you know, that's been on his mind. And so look, when you get the second chance and I do think, you know, we call these coaches who get second chances retreads, right? Well, they're a retread. Well, the one thing I think that's mistaken with that terminology is the fact that there's no school to go to, to learn to become a head coach. And so when you have a guy who's willing to be adaptive and change and find a different way to do it. I mean, Quinn took a team to a Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. He lost it. Yes, that's true. But to me, he knows the mistakes. He knows the terrain of the job. And that's huge because Mike McDonald, you know, Brian Callahan, some of these new young coaches, they're going to have a hard time knowing the terrain of the job. And these guys will know it. Now, if they've worked on improving their craft, if they understood the mistakes they made, they can have a, a lot m- more success moving forward. Yeah, Washington coming off a, a four-win season, so in need of figuring things out. And I like the way that Quinn kind of closed out his press conference. I'm going to paraphrase because he cursed and he said, you know, I hope you guys give me a little bit of grace because I do swear a lot and I haven't so far in this press <laughs> conference. But he closed it out saying, there's nothing I enjoy more than doing hard stuff with good people. And these guys here are some really good people. So so I'm um, excited for maybe what could be yeah. to come in Washington. Um, real quickly, before we have to hit the break, what did your cousin Big Daddy Vince think about the new hire? Um, the classic line. <laughs> we'll see. That's his classic line. When he doesn't know and he can't read it on Yahoo, it's we'll see. Well, well, we'll so see. Joe Barry um, now going to the to the Dolphins. I just f- feel that he would have a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he, he's not. If he's going to send a message to Dolphins fans, it's not going to be really good. I, mean, I can tell you that. Poor Joe Barry's taking a beating uh. you know, from, a, from a carpenter. Can you imagine that? He's not even an expert on the field, but yet he's going to attack them. But that's what we call fandom. We will get back to talking a little bit of Super Bowl when we return, looking at some receiving prop options on both the 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs side. Stay with us live from Media Row in Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. We are live from Media Row in Las Vegas as we continue our live coverage rolling on from the Mandalay Bay. And as we continue talking all things Super Bowl 
Bowl 58, Michael. Let's get into some props. Yeah, Particularly, let's do it. We, yesterday we talked a lot of quarterbacks. Let's get into who they're throwing the ball to. Okay. Some receiving options. And this will be kind of like a bet it or regret it type situation. Okay. So let's start with Brandon Ayuk. His receiving yards prop is set at 62 and a half yards. The over is juiced to minus 120. So people giving a little bit of love thinking it could be a Brandon Ayuk type day. Would you bet it or regret it? No, I would bet that. I think this is a game where if you're Spagnola, and when you bet props, I think you have to kind of analyze the game on how you visualize the game to go, right? Like, I think it's going to be an outside throwing game. And if that's the case, I think Ayuk, look, when you play Kyle Shanahan, you want to pack the middle of the field. You want to say to him, throw the ball outside the numbers. You know, make make throws. It's the same thing he said with Brady. Throw the ball outside the numbers. See if you can beat us. It's what he did to Lamar last week. They mm-hmm. said to Lamar, throw the ball outside the numbers. See if you can handle it. And I think to me, Ayuk is a guy averages, you know, what, 17 yards a catch last this year, makes plays down the field. I think this is a good prop that fits the style of way the game could go. He had eight targets last week, only caught three of them, but still went over this number, 68 yards and a touchdown. Um, also in three of the last four regular season games, had 110 plus uh, in those games that he finished out. How about Debo Samuel at 58 and a half? I have heard a lot of people that like Debo Samuel yeah. this week. Um, Obviously, last week there was all the conversation about, is he going to be in the lineup? Is he not? The team is so different without him. He's got the injured shoulder. Ends up having more receiving yards than anybody else that game. How about this time around against the Chiefs? Well, I think, you know, because they play so much man-to-man and because they're going to, if they – he's so hard to tackle. Right. Right? That if he breaks a tackle, it's a 20-yard gain. I mean, that's where those yards after the catch become so important. And so when you're only playing 58 and a half yards for him to go over, really two catches he might be able to get there for you. So I like that as well. I think the inside route, the thing to me that's probably more appealing is the next one, is Kittle. And Mm. we had Herm Edwards on yesterday, and I couldn't agree more with him as Herm Edwards was talking about how how they're going to attack. Kittle can play an important role in this game. He really can. We thought Andrews might last week. We thought likely might last week. But I really think Kittle's the guy that they got to utilize down the field in the pass game. And this is a guy that typically, you know, most of the time your tight ends average between 10 and 11 yards a catch. They have a high percentage of catch in the 70s, right? Kittle's more of a receiver. He has a low percentage of catch, like a receiver, but he's got a high average per catch. So I do think it's a Kittle game for me. And I'm sure he's eager to bounce back after doing a whole lot of nada in the NFC Championship game. Two catches, 27 yards. But you think about the divisional round against Green Bay, four catches, 81 yards. He was one of the best tight ends in the entire league this year, over 1,000 yards on the season. He averaged 63 and a quarter yards per game. His prop is set at 47 and a half. There is a little bit of attack you have to pay on that over at minus 130 and his receiving number the receptions prop set at three and a half and that's pretty juiced up as well but he does average five and a half targets per game how about christian mccaffrey because you took the over yep. on cmc last week yep. how do you feel about his number this week i'm all in again i'm all okay. in again because i think to me one of the things that kyle does a great job of and we listened to what Dan Quinn said in the last block. Dan Quinn said, Kyle makes you defend the width of the field as a defense coordinator. And when you go back and watch the Buffalo game, Buffalo spread Kansas City out defensively. And they were able to control the ball for 37 minutes. They only averaged 4.8 yards per pass. 
and they averaged 4.7 yards per play of the 78 plays that they had. However, they by spreading them out, they could kind of quantify where the blitzes were coming and handle it. And I think McCaffrey is a receiver. I think this is a receiving game for McCaffrey. I really do. Get him in the slot. Who's going to cover him? Mm -hmm. And if he's in the slot, somebody has got to cover him is going to determine whether it's man or zone. Right. And it's going to give Purdy a really good read and indicator of, OK, here's what they're doing. Now, you know, Spagnola is going to have some kind of concepts where he's going to pretend he's got a guy on 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 McCaffrey, but play zone behind it. Right. He's going to try to trick him, but it's hard to trick him with the receiver, especially with motion, especially when he starts motioning him around. So I think this is a big game for McCaffrey. I think they got to use his skills as a slot receiver to really kind of attack this defense. Meanwhile, I think because so many people are focused on the fact that the Ravens didn't run the ball last week, they're going to need Christian McCaffrey to be effective in the ground, that maybe it won't be as much of a receiving game from just the betting standpoint because we've seen that tick down from 34.5 to 33.5, which now has given us a better number if, yeah. if you like it and think that he's going to be used in that area. Look, I don't think you can just go into any game and say we're going to establish the run. I don't think the Chiefs do that. The Chiefs look the first play of the of the Baltimore game, pass to Kelsey outside, you know, throw to Pacheco. Okay, now we got him a little bit worried about spreading out. Now we're going to run it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Kyle has to do. This game is going to be all about what we call on second down. Kyle Shanahan's second down playlist is going to be critical in this game because if he can stay out of a lot of third downs where he's putting a lot of pressure on Purdy to make a play and then he allows Spagnola to attack mm -hmm. the pocket, then all of a sudden it comes to this whole idea that third and short is important, you know, manageable. I hate that. It, it drives me crazy even if you're good on third down and you're 50%, you're punting the ball back to the other yeah. team. I do like for 49ers receiving props, and this might be a little bit out there for some, but Kyle Juszczyk, while on DraftKings specifically, he doesn't have a receiving yards number. I have seen them elsewhere, including at Circa Resort and Casino, where I typically broadcast from at a four and a half. And my thought process is he could very easily get a catch in this game. Right. His receptions to go over a half of a reception is juiced to minus 145, minus 150, but to go over four and a half yards, which I think if he gets one, he's either going to yeah, he's going to get he's going to he's going to get ten. Like I feel like if you're throwing it to Juszczyk in this position, he's he's either going to have none on the day or he's going to have 10. So I would prefer to bet it that way. Um, but let's go to Kansas City. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, obviously the huge name there. His receiving yards prop set at uh, 70 and a half right now. The receptions number six and a half. And that over is juice like crazy too, minus 160 um, because he is Patrick Mahomes' number one target. And despite the numbers being sub what we are used to from Kelsey in the regular season, postseason Kelsey has certainly come alive in the three games so far. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of it is because of the way they play their offense, the way they're running the ball. It's more play action. You know, I mean, he's been able to get play like the first play of the game. They're in zone. He catches a zone play. Now, I know the touchdown pass was against Kyle Hamilton in man coverage, and it was a great throw and catch. Really, it was. But I don't think that I don't think that you're sitting there if you are. The, the 49ers saying, oh, my God, we can't cover Kelsey one-on-one. -on -one. I think they feel like he they can. They've got to make sure that they do a good job in zone. If you give them easy throws like Buffalo did, mm -hmm. you know, the sale, the sale route against cover two, he's wide open, nobody's touching him. You're going to have to jam him at the line a little bit. You're going to have to reroute him, make him get into a, into a passing and make him get into the route. And I think that's going to help. But, look, we all say this every time. we got to stop Kelsey. we got to stop Kelsey. we got to stop Kelsey. Then you look at the stat sheet. He's got 10 catches for 100. It's just ridiculous. 
ridiculous, yeah, you, right? You go sit down and make the game plan and you know, we got to make somebody else beat us. It can't be Travis Kelsey. Yet he finds a way to catch yeah. everything that comes his way. He's got 16 of his last 17 targets here the last two games in the playoffs. Eight postseason games with 100 receiving yards tied with the legend himself, Jerry Rice, for the most in NFL history. How about Rasheed Rice? How about the young rookie out of SMU? His prop set at 66 and a half. Um, juice the same both ways, minus 115. His receptions number also at six and a half. Bet mm -hmm. it or regret the over? I would bet the six and a half on the over. Okay. I don't know about the yards as much as I bet the six and a half. I think he's going to have to catch the ball. Look, we know this. Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey are the three players, and that's who they've ridden through this playoff. Now, Scantling's made a few plays when they've needed it. One down the field, the 38-yarder last week to seal the game against Baltimore. But I, I think this is focusing on those three players. You know, I think that's going to be the key in terms of getting the best value for a prop A. We talked about MVS last week, maybe earning a little bit of that Patrick Mahomes trust back. His receptions number is set at one and a half. Do you think he could get two catches? Yeah, I do. You do? I mean, I mean if he, as where Big Daddy would say, could he catch it? You know, that, I mean, you <laughs> yeah, remember that's, that. that is a whole yeah, other part of the it? problem. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think this is a game where uh, a lot of it, if it's a zone game, I think that all these guys are going to be able to, there's going to be throws for Mahomes to make, and I don't think the ball's going to be on the ground very much. So are, th are there any unders? Because the, the narrative all season long about Kansas City receivers has has been the drops. If there's somebody to mess it up this game, who, who would you be interested in targeting an under on? Well, well, I think you got to target the stars, right? You got to say, okay, Kelsey's not going to get his. Rice isn't going to get his yards, right? I think those are the two. And you got to say, Pacheco's not going to get his rushing yards. That to me is the key because if they're going to win, they got to take those three guys out of the game. Mm -hmm. And if you think the 49ers are going to win the game and they're going to play better defense, then you think that's going to be the set. That's going to be it. Okay. Um, yeah. And we'll, we will, speaking of Isaiah Pacheco, in hour two, we will do this same exercise, but instead of looking at the receiving options, we'll look at it from a rushing perspective, which does have some receivers in it like what do you think of Debo Samuel's rush yards for example so we'll get into all of that a little bit later for now we're going to step aside VEASAN Super Week rolling on from Mandalay Bay live in Las Vegas at Media Row when we come back we'll have a very special guest who I hope keeps the yelling focused toward you you know <laughs> yeah you don't you don't want to be he'll be very nice to you trust me he will not he will be very nice to you he's a gentleman at heart we'll see Chris the Mad Dog Russo joining us here coming up on the Lombardi Lines Stay with us. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our code VSIN. And new customers bet five bucks and get 200 instantly back in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl with code VSIN. Again, V S I N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Back here on the Lombardi line, live from Media Row, we've got a special guest on set oh, with us, the legend, Chris the Mad Dog Stormy, Nice to see you. How nice you doing? You. My, you. my buddy, Mr. Lombardi over here, Michael. Yes, it's so good to have you. Yes, it is. And, and I want to start off with uh, how many of these have you been to? 1990. First wow. one, San Francisco and, uh, and the Broncos. I'll tell you a story about that. You ready Please, for that? Please, I'm ready yes. for it. So uh, there was no radio stations there. Mike and me in the Hyatt lobby in New Orleans. You know, Eddie, Eddie Edelman from EEI was there. And I think Eskin was there in the local radio. So there was nobody there, no radio row, nothing. So... During the week, first part of the week, we have Summer All Madden on. That was a CBS game. Right. So we have Summer All Madden on, and, you know, they do their thing, and, you know, they both them together. It was probably Tuesday, and Madden tells me and Mike, when he's leaving, says, hey, guys, come to my hotel one day this week. I got to show you some stuff. So whatever day that was, you know, he had a little boutique hotel on Bourbon Street. Right. So we get in the car, it was, I mean, probably the next day, we got there in the morning, go up to his room. Got the big telestrator up his little hotel, his big hotel room there. It's probably a suite. And he says, let me show you this. So he takes the video out, camera. Rice does this. Taylor does that. They can't do this. Montana, look at this offensive line. They can't guard. He said, guys, you didn't hear me say this? Denver does not have a chance in this game. <laughs> this is a disaster written all over it. 55-10 San Francisco. Wow. No, 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 you didn't wow. finish the story, though. You did not finish the story. Where did you go to bet that game at that point? I didn't bet it then. Oh, I, don't know I can't why. believe no, that. No, I didn't. I didn't I start the betting until later. <laughs> I didn't bet that game. Now, I did fly home on Sunday. I didn't stay for the game, and I flew home with Sam Weish. New Orleans, Cincinnati, New York, and I watched the game in New York, and it was over, you know, 20 sure, minutes yeah. into the game at 55-10. That was their second of the two. And then the Giants the next year when the three P came. Right. And that's the fumble by Craig and Burt recover uh, Eric that's Howard. The, Eric that, Howard recovered it. And then of course Barr kicked the field goal. And, and that's when Belichick got the the Patriot job. Uh, the Raider uh, the Browns job. That's yeah, that, after uh, that uh, game, that's after correct. that Super Bowl. And, and you know, George Young always used to tell me, Mike that under any circumstances, he was never hiring Belichick as his head coach because he didn't like Belichick. Right. Thought he was a great coach, hated him as a person. Right. And he told me 20 times in that 89-90 period, I am not hiring Belichick. And as it turns out, now Bill left in May, and they which hired put Ray him Hale. in a tough, a tough right. spot. And George said, hey, don't kill me on Hanley. Bill loved Hanley, too. They all thought Hanley was going to be a good coach. Right, yeah. We and don't it even turned know out where, he was there two years. Uh, yeah. We don't even know where Ray Hanley is. He, he was in Vegas. What yeah, he, he was living in Vegas, yeah. Now, remember, Bill put him in a tough spot because they had a quarterback controversy right. because Phil was 10-1, and one, broke his ankle. They brought Hostetler in, and Hostetler won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So 
Bill leaves in May. Hanley comes in. He's got two quarterbacks who both want to play and both have won Super Bowls. Yep. That's a very tricky spot. And the, for team, was, and the team was getting older. They were too. getting older. Yeah, they the were team was, older. That was their run. Where do you sit on Bill not having a job this I'm cycle? Su- I'm surprised. I, yeah, I really am. And I should ask Mike with the story here about uh, Blank. You saw that with Boomer Esiason yesterday. I, I, I don't do you think Blank offered him the job no, and he I said no? I think Blank, I think Blank wanted to hire him. And I think it was his job all along. And I th- truly believe that from the time he left the yacht down in the down in the islands on Blank's yacht till he went back to Atlanta to meet everybody, that the front office and everybody from Rich McKay to Terry Fonda kind of convinced Blank to change his mind. All right. Mm. I, I, I believe part of what Boomer's saying is that Blank wanted to hire him. I think Blank really wanted to hire him. Well, you don't think Bill turned him down? I don't think it was a turndown. I think what happened was the momentum was built because they all were saying, well, we won't, we won't have a collaborative effort. Nobody will listen to us. Yeah. And he would have changed the way. See, everybody thinks he was going to change the way of of with power and all this but there's some things that he would want to do like in contracts they had no contracts that had off-season workout bonuses and that's big for Belichick he wants the players in the program in the off-season to work out and they had no bonus clauses in their they had contract. none of that so now that that means they got to change how they do contracts people hate change I got you. So there was a combination of things but I am surprised I do think Belichick will coach yeah. again I don't think Pete Carroll will but I do think Pete, and I did Nashville radio yesterday, and they said a big, it's 50-50 in Nashville on Vrabel, and they said a big knock on Vrabel in Nashville, and you a Vrabel fan, is the offensive coordinators he hired were terrible. And that's always been a problem with them. And, you know, and they've been able to overcome it. They get to the, they get to the you know, they beat Baltimore in the playoff. They've been, they've been, I think it's a little unfair on this. They've been stuck with Henry, and they got to run. If you're going to go with Henry, you got to go with that offense. And so he kind of traps you into thinking what you're going to do. I, I think Vrabel will rise again. No, I, really I think do. so too. I definitely. I think both him and Belichick will coach again. I don't know about Pete Carroll. Yeah. I'm not sure about him, but I yeah. think the other two will. I know Belichick is 73 years old, but somebody will make a run out of next year, wanting to win quickly. That yeah. would be my take on that. I, I think age. As you get older, you get better at what you do. I fair too. Fair too. So I, I do think he'll coach. So because you are a betting man um i have to know obviously you guys go at it every single week on the radio against each other but like michael always comes on our show saying i don't know where where mad dog's getting these numbers at so you must be the sharpest gets, better of all time according to gets, michael in these numbers he gets annoyed with the lines and he wants those lines operated very very carefully and he's annoyed also and we gave him one because seattle early in the year he took seattle oh, yeah. against san francisco and then gino got hurt that day and he bet and he I remember talking about this. And he was this. annoyed. So, you know, because he made the pick at five. Then he finds out later that it's not Gino. I never would have ma- done that if Gino said I would have done the yep. same for him. I would have felt the same way for him. There was one time he was going to make a bet. And I said, no, no, you can't do that. That line's completely different. And he backed off of it. So I, I want it fair. And look, I won the contest without that game he anyway. Barely, barely. Now, barely, <laughs> barely. He did. He won it by half again. Now, remember, in real life, if I make the play on a Friday afternoon, thinking Gino's going to play, and then four hours later I find out he's not going to play, they're not going to give me the bet back. No, but I can go to the table and make another bet to offset that play. See, that's what you can do. I guess you're right. You so, can do that. So are you getting the, a mysterious three on Kansas City this week? No, you think? it's you too find late one for him there? to get the three. I li- I li- is that was there a mysterious three going on? Well, that, we have people on our network that take the Chiefs and three points, and I can't find the three no, points no anywhere. Three <laughs> I can't find three points. I do love the Chiefs to win the game. Though. I know you've been all over this Mahomes thing. And uh, you said losing, it last uh, week. He's not losing a Purdy. I'm sorry. No way. 
You I really remember last that. year you saying you were chiefed out. So how do you feel now? Well, I've been betting them lately, so I feel, better. Better. You feel better about it. Uh, I bet him against Buffalo, and I was fortunate. And I bet him against Lamar because I don't trust him in a big game, and I was fortunate with that too. You know me. I've been. I've been. Oh, you've been on him. Now let me ask uh, you this. I'm worried question. about him in a big game. Let me ask you this. You're a historian. Like, where would you put Mahomes if he wins this one? I think Mahomes is. You've heard me all week. I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Now, see, to me, it's two different arguments. That's just a point of you know where he is. Like Sandy Koufax is the best pitcher of all time at his peak, but he didn't do it long enough, so you can't say he's the best pitcher. You would take Koufax over Gibson. Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah, Koufax was absolutely. Koufax. So you have, like, different categories, like best winner, best yeah, skill, a, best. Know, I mean, it's, it's, it, there's a little, a, I had Labor and Roy Emerson tell me many a time that the best player pound for pound in tennis they ever faced was Lou Hode. Really? But nobody would say Lou Hode's the best player of all time. <laughs> Same thing with Mahomes. I think, to me, if I had a game to win for my life, I would take Mahomes, but I can't say he's the best of all time necessarily because he's got two Super Bowls and Brady's got seven. Montana's got four. But uh, I I do. I mean, listen, I've never outside of the second half against Cincinnati when he did not play well. Right. He was the reason they lost that game. Correct. Outside of that game. And I give him a break against Tampa in the Super Bowl. Andy did a terrible job at the offensive line. I think he was all fouled up with his kid with the car accident. Correct. So I, I think he lost a little focus and he. Tampa took advantage, so I'm going to give Mahomes a break. I don't think I've ever seen Mahomes at 14-3 and three have a bad playoff game, so I'm going to bet him on Sunday. Uh, he scored 21 points in the last Super Bowl. He threw two interceptions in that last Super Bowl against the Niners, and then he just had the great fourth quarter. Well, he had a great four, and Richard Sherman on third and 15, you know, he had that play to, right. to re-kill. Listen, uh, part of me thinks the Niners are due. You know, they lost to him in 19. They could have won. You know, Shanahan's been at this point a lot in his career, so eventually he'll break through, so I can understand that. And and they're going to hear about how, you know, everybody thinks that Kansas City and haven't played that well. Here's what I, here's the thing that's worried about the Niners, though. The Niners told everybody after the Green Bay game, you know, we know we played lousy. We'll play better the next yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Oh, they made uh, McCaffrey. We stunk. We'll play better. And they stunk against Green Bay, too. They shouldn't yeah. have beaten the Green Bay. They shouldn't have won uh, Detroit. Shouldn't have won a game. No, so that's I, right. I, I can't lucky. take them yeah. seriously. Well, and Michael, you've said all week long that they haven't even played their B game yet. Yeah, they haven't played a good game yet. I mean, they're here and they haven't played their best game. Not even close to their best game. And they didn't play well late in the year. No, they haven't. They haven't played well. The Rams, I know the game didn't mean anything. They lost to them too. So I I, I will take the Chiefs. I trust the Chiefs. He's got his 60-point play. He's going to take the Chiefs in the two points. I'm going to take them. We've only only got 30 seconds left, but I am very curious. How do you take care of your voice for all of the yelling at Stephen A. and Michael that you do? I have, you know, I haven't had, I've had it twice. Where I had Larry and Jadis, I couldn't talk for a week. It drove me crazy. I had it once at His FAN. wife was the happiest she's ever yeah. been in her life. <laughs> That's exactly right. I had it twice. Uh, and I haven't had it since. My voice has stood up pretty good. And I got him every Friday, and he's the best here. So I oh. have a lot of laughs from this oh, So, it. so great. Sirius XM, Mad Dog, Sports Radio, High Heat on MLB Network, first take on ESPN, the legend himself. Thank you so much for you the time. You got it. Stormy, thank, thank you. you. We love you. See you tomorrow. Thank you, See you Friday. Friday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.